0: welcome into film tank the weekly podcast that covers both new and classic cinema on this episode of Film Tank, we discussed the bizarre Christmas film, which is 2000's Reindeer Games, starring Ben Affleck. If you would like to get in touch with Film Tank, you can always email us at filmtankshow at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Film Tank Show. And you can listen to all of our episodes on our website, filmtankshow.com, or on iTunes. And now, here are your hosts... Nick Cheney, Toussaint Egan, and myself, Alex Diekman. Hello there again, everybody, and welcome into episode 177 of Film Tank. I am Alex Diekman, a little still under the weather from the last episode. Oh,
1: man, you've had this all week. I know. It's crazy.
0: <laughs> Nick Cheney also here. Hey. Alongside me. How you doing? Yeah, it's just the two of us again. Hell yeah. You and I. Yeah, No Toussaint is—he uh, has been quite busy in the month of December, but hopefully he'll be rejoining us here on our next episode uh, down the road.
1: Yay! Yeah.
0: So today we are talking about uh, a absolute classic, uh, and that is the 2000 film *Reindeer Games*, which stars Ben Affleck, Charlize Theron, and Gary Sinise, and also features very wonderful performances. From Ron Jeremy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes. Yep. Donnell Logue, who uh, most people would probably remember Um, from, uh, what is that show
1: he was on? Carriers? Oh, you're talking about the uh, Life as We Know It, or Grounded for Life. Grounded for Life is what I was thinking of, yeah. That's where I know him from. Most people would know him from that, but I feel like they wouldn't actually know him, whereas he, in my opinion, got a little more popularity about seven years ago when he was in the FX show Terriers, which got cancelled after one season, Mm -hmm. uh, even though it was very good. And I feel like that's the era of Donald Logan that we are in right now. Okay. Uh, He also played Harvey Bullock in uh, all five seasons of Gotham. Oh. And he's actually pretty good at it.
0: Okay, good
1: to know. Here he looks like Really quick. Uh, Just, like, it's... I mean, the movie is from 2000, Mm -hmm. and he looks, like, 30 years younger. It's creepy.
0: Yeah. There's a lot of other random performances. I already mentioned Rom Jeremy shows up here. We also have an odd cameo from Isaac Hayes. Yeah. And also, too, Danny Trejo. Yep. And Dennis Farina. Mm. And also a very early performance (laughs) from Ashton Kutcher.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean... You know, that 70s show was on, so I guess, you know, he was getting work. But to be a nameless extra, basically, is very, very interesting.
0: Yeah, my guess is is that he was hired since he looks kind of like Ben Affleck. Yeah, so.
1: a little bit. Yeah.
0: So, interesting casting there. The film is directed by John Frankenheimer, who unfortunately... Jingleheimer Schmidt. <laughs> unfortunately passed away uh, soon after this film came out. But he directed directed a ton of films over the years, um, including uh,
1: Seconds and the Manchurian Candidate. Yeah, the
0: Manchurian Candidate is what I was thinking of. Yep. Also, too, and if Ronan
1: with uh, uh,
0: Robert De, uh, yep. De Niro. Yep. He also yep. directed that bizarre uh, Island of Doctor Moreau film with David Thewlis and Marlon Brando. That's right. So yes. there's that for you if you want to check that out or or not. Either way is probably fine. So, anyways, uh, this film surrounds a uh, man who, after assuming the identity of his dead cellmates, uh, his dead cellmate, uh, he finds himself a reluctant participant in a casino heist. Uh, and that is Ben Affleck's character of Rudy Duncan, as he is impersonating Nick Cassidy throughout this film. So. I think I'll start off as uh, I suggested this film as I was looking for unassuming Christmas time films and was uh
1: Although this is actually a pretty uh cri- I mean heavy-handed Christmas book. Sure. I mean I was surprised uh not that I wouldn't understand why you suggested it but um for a, what I would consider alternative Christmas pick it's also I mean the soundtrack is Christmas and mm-hmm. the uh I, anyway, there's just,
0: plenty of yes, little dropping lines here and there. This that is are... more
1: Christmas than Die Hard. To sure, be completely honest. Yeah,
0: okay. Even though Die Hard is a still
1: better film, well,
0: um, but at the same time, this is uh, definitely got its moments. Yeah. If you are in the realm of what this film is is doing. That being said, uh, I saw this film when I was. Right around when this came out. So when I was around 14 years old, 13 years old, somewhere in there. Uh, I thought this film was ridiculous and stupid at the time. But the more I watch this over the years, uh, the more I appreciate the uh, silliness that this film brings. And also, too, um, I think that the real actors in this, uh, one of which is not Ben Affleck, <laughs> Uh definitely we're in on what this film was. Uh, Gary Sinise is playing up his character pretty much perfectly, I think. Uh, and also to other people who show up, like Danny Trejo. Uh, and uh, I'm not sure who the African-American guy is who is playing what the other trucker uh, heist, But he is also just all in for the silliness of what this film is doing. Uh, and... Boy, watching it 18 years later, uh, this is a film that is unintentionally, intentionally funny, I think. Uh, And I, for the most part, love a lot of parts of this movie, even if it is not a very good movie. Um, This is just a movie that is there to have fun with, and it does that. Um, And in addition, I think this film does have a pretty great twist at the end, even if it's not overly easy to spot or not not overly yeah it's pretty easy to, to
1: swallow to, well
0: yeah um but i mean and a lot of things needed to go right for all of this plan to be hatched up by the actual nick cassidy who wasn't murdered in prison um but at the same time they do kind of mention that so it is cleaned up a little bit
1: um, I, don't, I don't really take any offense to the twist at the end of it. Um, okay. As far as how it plays out, if I were to gripe, which I don't even know, but I have the energy to, but <laughs> it's mostly just about the how that twist fits with the uh, prison scenes, right? Just how any of that went, yeah. right? You know, like once once he's out of prison, I'm like, oh yeah, I get it. You know, like he laid low, whatever. But uh, but the idea that he was able to fake his death in front of a hundred people including his own friend who held him and uh, Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So Well at any rate But I don't um, think it's that crazy, I guess. Yeah. It seems somewhat it's like it's considering all that in the first five minutes, I feel like that's why the twist works.
0: Yeah. It seems somewhat plausible. And especially from what, what you're saying, uh the the brief nature of it uh, is what makes it work better and also What makes you completely forget about that character, even though he's mentioned throughout the film, he's being impersonated by Ben Affleck's character of Rudy, so uh, I found that quite interesting. So yeah, this is really just a dumb, fun film uh, that I always enjoy watching. I Usually if it's on, I will watch it, especially if it's at certain scenes. Again, any scene that involves lengthy dialogue delivered by Gary Sinise I think is absolutely perfect. And um yeah this movie's just kind of there. And if you're looking for a fun silly hour and 40 minute comedy drama or a 2 hour
1: film? film if you want to watch the director's cut. Yeah, I don't think this film needs a
0: director's cut. I got to no, be honest with you. What. Well, that's something. Um I way rather watch the elongated Michael Mann uh Miami Vice. Whoa. Cut than Well, watch obviously
1: cuz that's a better film. <laughs> the hell are you talking about over there?
0: I guess I was just referring to the director's cut version, but, you oh, know, that's
1: fine. Yeah. Well, the director's cut version is the... Oh, wait, no. no. It's the worst version. It's the worst version. Sorry, I got confused.
0: But still, I would much rather watch that. This... As...
1: Yeah, that's true. I'm yeah, with Nick it.
0: is drinking Coca-Cola, and it's, it's really having an effect.
1: It's getting to me. Like, I know we got this from a Domino's like two months ago, <laughs> but it is fucking potent.
0: Yeah. Just got you really riled up. To talk about reindeer games. Also, too, any film that says its title in the film usually oh. is not good.
1: Yeah. I gotta laugh from that. <laughs> <Is it? clears throat> oh boy.
0: So Nick, why don't you uh give your initial thoughts on yes. what is sure to be a very long episode?
1: <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> uh yeah, so I, I watched this movie for the first time when I was twenty seven years old. Uh that would be today. Yep. <laughs> But, um, you know, I've, I've always known about it, um, although I never made the connection until like last week when you suggested it, that it was John Frankenheimer's last film, which piqued my interest quite a bit. Uh, on top of the silly premise and the uh, wonderful nostalgia trip back to the kind of, I would call this a late 90s movie. Yeah. It's not really a 2000s. I mean,
0: it's prior to, straddling that line. It's prior to 9-11, so yeah. it had a lot of... Oh, God, yeah. A lot of...
1: A lot I mean, of foreshadowing.
0: Well, um, <laughs> well, that's yeah. That's one way to look at it. Yeah, I mean, there, there's, <laughs> there. I mean, there's. It's not that there's, just like totally like thing like, in terms of like robberies where. Police are just needlessly getting bumped off in heist films. Yeah, kind of went just... away for a little bit after yeah. 9-11. I think we're kind of back to that being yeah. acceptable. But seriously, though, the police in this film are immediately disregarded as they are murdered within thirty seconds when the heist begins. At the, uh, I at
1: genuinely the... forgot there was police in it, and we just watched it like <laughs> five minutes ago. Uh, yeah, no, I, um, you know, I got to admit, I was kind of surprised by how compulsively watchable mm-hmm. this was. I pretty much I thought it was good in the sense that I, I like the direction. John Frankenheimer is clearly uh, punching down here as far as uh, the pedigree of his direction, which I actually think even in a l- bad movie like this is still on display. Uh, it's just. He's not being matched by, I would say, the performances for the most part. Uh, Not by everybody, but by a his lead, (laughs) um, and B just a few other random whatever. But I was, uh, but no, I I was. uh, It's so it's so weird to watch this now in 2018 because we are very far removed from the era in which these thrillers were all the rage. Where we moved past what I would say the I don't know, almost John Cald Van Dam era of like the 80s slash early 90s where like you needed big set pieces and whatnot and we kind of moved to this kind of like put some uh, marquee actor in a thankless role and watch him uh, do gimmick A and B in a thriller. You know, and in this case it's mistaken identity mm-hmm. casino heist, you know. And and it and it works here, um, but uh, unfortunately, it, it's kind of at odds with these, with itself. I think throughout the film, it's um, it's compulsively watchable, but it's also shooting itself in the foot at every turn. Because yeah. I thought some lines were funny in a good way, and I thought some lines were funny in a okay way, and um, but I never got bored. And generally like that's most of the time all i really care about so yeah i pretty much enjoyed it it's just not very good no you know i mean that's
0: really when you're looking in a film like this that's just kind of what you're looking for at least for me yeah. like i'm i'm fine with a film not being the godfather or something like that like i sometimes want to watch a. sometimes s- i
1: prefer that yeah
0: i, I i'm Totally fine watching a pretty trashy film that's not the smartest heist movie and is just an hour and forty minutes of enjoyment. Yeah. Um and again, when the when the actors are having fun with their roles, I feel like it comes through to the audience. And uh I feel like almost every other actor other than Ben Affleck is having fun with this performing. Yeah. If you look at Ben Affleck, who really got noticed from goodwill hunting uh not necessarily from his acting in it but from everything that surrounded it yeah and he was doing plenty of awful films in this era not necessarily all of them are bad but his performances are for the most part awful in all of them yep uh, including armageddon yep. and forces of nature and bounce and pearl harbor yep. And this falls right in the middle of all of those. You know
1: what's weird, though, is that you just named all those. And I still though if I rewatch Good Will Hunting, I actually think he's doing a good performance in that movie. And I don't know if it's because it was a slightly more, you know, personal tale to him and Damon or something or whatever. Because, like, genuinely, he's one of my favorite parts of that movie. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, it's so weird that he would come off of that. And then I feel like people just misjudged him for, quote-unquote, having star power. And... Clearly, we willed that into existence, because he is, quote-unquote, Ben Affleck now. Yeah. Um. But it really, I want to say, took until Gone Girl before someone found use for that.
0: I mean, if you really look at his career, like, I mean, we don't have to go through every film, but The yeah. Sum of All Fears, Yeah, Daredevil, okay. yeah. G. Lee... Yep. Paycheck, Surviving Christmas. Then he took a little bit of a break, came back uh, in 06. (laughs) Surviving Christmas was just kind of like, oh, fuck. Yeah, that was it. 06, uh, he's in Hollywoodland, takes another break, comes back in 09, and he's just not that into you. Okay. And then uh, starts making some films that are a little bit better. Yeah, I mean, he... He was in Extract... The Company Men, which is a decent film, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then he starts appearing in things like The Town and Argo yeah. to The Wonder. I was going to say Gone he Girl.
1: Clearly, started shifting into his uh, shall we say directorial mode, which is ironic because I don't love his directorial films, and yet I definitely would rather have him behind the camera than <laughs> in front of. Uh, but. Uh, I will say, uh, "Gone Girl" is probably the best use of his Jock Bland persona. Yeah, he fits that character. He fits, pretty it pretty much and he play it well. I yeah. mean, like it's—I feel like he was very game for that movie because to be in that and to be Ben Affleck and to have made your, I guess, career out of being these kind of persona, you have to be pretty comfortable with yourself. Or as we maybe learned in real life, that he wasn't and had to go to rehab, <laughs> to um, to portray that exact same persona, but with a much more uh, cynical uh, perspective.
0: Yeah, on it. It probably didn't hurt that he had Rosamund Pike doing a fantastic performance, absolutely, and also do an extremely meticulous David Fincher directing. Um. Yeah, All things that helped him deliver a very
1: wonderful performance in that film. <laughs> well, you know, Fincher kind of does that a lot, though. Not that we're going to talk about Fincher. But if you look at someone like Brad Pitt, who I think is endlessly charming, uh, but also has a certain range for mm-hmm. acting, and yet, like, seven, even before he did Fight Club, like, you know, just finding that kind of perfect archetype for a... Uh, nihilistic noir you know stressed out detective is just so anyway they're they're the right way to use Ben Affleck but this is not uh not that not that yeah. I mean he's okay it's not like uh you know it's not like he is so bad but uh how he was able to be given 20 chances and this being one of them uh is certainly indicative of a white Male bias in uh, Hollywood. Yeah,
0: unfortunately, that's one hundred percent true. Um, and he had one shining moment in Goodwill Hunting, and then he's pretty much lasted forever since then.
1: How do you like me now?
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, but Batman didn't work out. But that's okay. We'll see. I don't think so. I don't think so. I either. think he's done with that. Ew. So poor Jeremy a... Irons. No. Oh,
1: he might still be Alfred for that. Uh, yeah, Batman. I guess so.
0: He could be for whoever that is.
1: That's true. The what's his name carried over from uh, Keaton to all the others.
0: Oh yeah, I right. Michael Michael Go is that yeah. who that is? I don't even remember. But uh,
1: he was in all four of those, right? Yeah, yeah.
0: He I had know. three different Batmans. He sure did. He was almost like it was almost like, uh, was almost like uh, Q in the uh, or M in uh, right. the uh, James Bond series. Yes, Just talking yeah. about that in the last episode.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, man, I forgot about that. That was last week. I know. So long ago. Uh, So, uh, this film, though, uh, really, I think, peaks in the scenes that are in the second act. Uh, The third act has some fun moments in the casino heist. What
1: would you define the second act
0: as? Uh, It would really be everything after Gary Sinise's character arrives... Up until they arrive at the casino for the heist.
1: So just kind of all the planning and mugging and Mm -hmm. all that kind of...
0: Yeah, I would agree Really, that's because I... Hotel
1: hijinks. Yeah.
0: As I've mentioned multiple times, I think Gary Sinise is delivering a wonderful performance here. Um, And he's actually a weird actor because he gave so many (sighs) great performances playing so many different kinds of characters... Uh, in the mid-90s to early 2000s, and it it's really a shame that he's basically out of acting now. Yeah. Because I really like him as an actor, and he gave so many awesome performances in that 10-year window. This is a, uh, I mean, this isn't a great film, but I think he's giving a really good performance in what he's supposed to be playing. Uh, his role in Apollo 13 is awesome. He's fantastic in... uh. Horace Gump, playing Lieutenant Dan, oh,
1: yeah.
0: and then uh, also one of the better villains uh, of the late 90s, early 2000s crime movies in uh, the Mel Gibson film, Ransom.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: Uh, so, I don't know. I love what <laughs> Gary Sinise brings to the table. He has an extremely unique voice. Uh, you know, his the way he carries himself and the kind of characters he can portray reminds me a lot of another person uh, who I really admire, John Lithgow. Uh, and unfortunately, Gary Sinise is basically again out of acting at this point, at least in major films. So he is just hitting all of the right notes for me in this film, as he's got a million line deliveries that are amazing, and just the way he like pushes Dennis Freina down at the end. I don't give a fuck about Las Vegas. <laughs> I, I don't like. He just rambles about nonsense throughout this whole film, and it's awesome and there's really no use for it, but he was just told to play this character and say these ridiculous lines and he's just having a blast and I love
1: it. It helps the viewer uh, get through a lot of his movie, <laughs> is, is what I would say about his performance. <laughs> um, yeah, I uh, no, I also enjoy him in this, for sure. Um, I also do like Charlize Theron in this. Um, I think that while... Is early
0: Charlize Theron, too. Yeah,
1: it was very, like... Not that I didn't recognize her, but you know, like the first twenty minutes, I had to like get over like the red hair, like just the yeah. It, it was just very, very funny because I feel like I didn't really start to like notice notice her until the Italian job.
0: Probably is about right. Yeah, which is I mean that like was four years after yeah, this. Yeah, I mean,
1: so she was hitting that era, so to speak. But um, like for me at least, because I was probably only like fourteen when the Italian job came out, let alone this. Uh, I, you know, I never really grew up with her in that kind of early era. Um, but I, I think she's pretty great in this, even if the twist with her is telegraphed from a while, yeah. uh, forward, which is good because then it hides the other twist that comes after that one. Um, <coughs> but I, um, I think she's doing good. Um, I think, uh... I I kind of wish there was a bit more from the uh the various truckers yeah because I feel like they are good like all of them uh, from Logue to uh, Treo and whatnot I just feel like there could have been even maybe a bit more comedy between like just why they were even there in the first place yeah like, like mean, why would they stick together you know just
0: it seems to fizzle out after the first couple scenes because like yeah. the first scene I know what you're talking about uh, I quite enjoyed. This line delivery, but the, uh, again, the, I need to find a character's name, but uh, the, the black guy who's with them, he's like, man, they brought a shitload of cookies.
1: <laughs> yeah. He's
0: eating them, and then he's like, do you want the tree? Fuck yeah, get the yeah. tree. Like what?
1: Or even like a few, like a scene later or so when um, they're trying to figure out for the first time whether he really is Nick or not. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Low gives that really random line delivery of like, why, why would he tell her that he's not the guy Makes me think, what if he's not the guy? <laughs> Little thing like that where I, I just thought there could have been more from all three of them. Uh, kind of just peppered throughout. That
0: guy, by the way, is Clarence Williams III. Oh. Plays the character of Merlin. Ooh. I know. That's quite wizard. a name. Yeah, I know, right? So, yeah. no, I Oh, think... he was on an episode of Justified. There you go. One episode? Or yeah, so he oh, must okay. have been a... Uh, yeah, I don't know
1: that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, I mean, I I enjoyed those earlier scenes, and I kind of wish those were slightly more peppered in. Mm -hmm. Um, but, you know, I'm always a big fan of thrillers in which the gimmick of the premise is extremely constrained. Like, even if it's not set to one location, it's still, like, you know, set to one forward momentum scheme in this sense, because it's not just that they are planning the heist, but since... Uh, Ben Affleck is our POV character Uh, we are literally trapped from the moment he is trapped with uh, uh, Gary Sinise's character until he either gets out dead or alive and since the heist is within the next couple days from from when he starts it's this kind of suffocating uh, light thriller you know like it's not so much that uh, you're on edge of whether he will kid away or not because that part isn't quite as thrilling as just the overall heist part Uh, but it has a fun kind of uh, rhythmic uh, constraint placed upon the script that makes it easier to kind of go with some of the parts that maybe aren't that great Mm. so to speak
0: yeah the way this film moves throughout uh, it does really seem confined to a very small storytelling structure because there is no room to move around at all for Rudy Duncan at any point as he's just kind of going from really cell to cell, even though he's not a prisoner anymore. But he is just kind of confined to this two-day adventure with uh, Gabriel, whose nickname is Monster, which I find is hilarious. And it's also like drawn in graffiti. Er, and there's like... Painting on the side of his truck, which is really silly. That's right. I love too that he's from Detroit. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Really, really digging deep here for let's. Where are shitty people from? Detroit. But he's really good with darts. <laughs> I was, no, I was trying to hit you. So I guess he's not good at darts then.
1: Yeah, he's a little confused.
0: I think it, like, it would have been better if he said, if if Ben Affleck would have said something like oh, you not really good at darts. He's like, oh, I wasn't trying to hit you. And then he hits him. That would have
1: been better. Right. Instead that's, we got... That's what you would think.
0: No, I perfectly went around your head and almost like drawing a jack-o'-lantern with the darts. And also, no.
1: should we talk about <laughs> uh, the performances uh, by the darts? Um, because they are... There's a lot expected of them in this movie. From the perfect throws in the beginning of their arc to the uh, to the blocking that they have to undergo during, uh, you know, camera changes in which a dart will magically go from the front of Bad Affleck to the back of Bad <laughs> Affleck. I forgot about that. Yeah, there's, there's, some, uh, there's some trickery happening there. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, this is before CGI became a real big thing. So you know that they No, we should
0: have watched the director's cut because maybe there's there, there must be an answer that's
1: true you're right so yeah
0: also too that one dart that played a key role in going back with him to the room so he could get out of the that's true. bed
1: that was the one that got to his back because he was like i'll go with you buddy oh yeah
0: be great if he like pulls him out at the end and puts him on the seat next to me he's driving away
1: yeah little smiley face.
0: Also, too, he walks the last 20 miles back to his hometown, even though he, they say over and over in the film that he's great at stealing cars.
1: He was okay. done with his life of crime. Oh. No, but Family. the fact that he clearly has enough money to pay for a bus or a cab, I think, is is mostly... <laughs> even worse? Yeah, I think that's mostly where my head was at with that. Mm. <laughs> um uh, I do also want to mention something that I mentioned now while watching this mm-hmm. movie was that I applaud his charitable donations, but I cannot condone uh illegal uh action and him putting uh stolen money in federal property in in this case uh people 's mailboxes uh that that is a big no no and he 's not a postman exactly mm-hmm. he does not have that kind of authority. <laughs> And, frankly, um, I just thought, you know, he just got out of prison, you know, he should, he should know better, you know? Yeah, it
0: would have been great if he went back to prison, not for stealing the money, no. but putting stuff in people's well, mailboxes.
1: Well, how embarrassing would that have been, you know? No wonder why no one's going to let him play in any near games <laughs> I, say it right. I know, because by the end, I was starting to trail off. I'm like, no, you got this. Keep going. Not
0: any render games. Render here. games. Render games. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Now, so what do you think about that climactic scene and the way that all plays out? Because I feel like it is a little underwhelming. Uh, and again, this is not a film that seemed to be super well
1: thought out.
0: Uh, or have an overly huge production budget. Yeah. But um, I feel like that final scene could have been just extremely delightful, and even though there are some moments of it that are quite good, uh, which is everything with Dennis Farina, because he's fantastic, Uh, but at the same time, uh, it just feels like it could have been an awesome final climactic scene, and it's a little bit of a dud, I think.
1: Yeah, no, I'm agreeing with you. You're talking about specifically the Nick Cassidy review or something else? Uh,
0: I was talking about <laughs> the uh, the actual heist in the casino. Oh, yeah,
1: I agree with that, too. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay, well, let's talk about the heist. Okay. I, I agree that the way the heist plays out is almost just... It doesn't support any of the weight of their reconnaissance, you know? Like, there was just... They could have did the, what they did the day of without any practice or... Right. Yeah, so I'm, I'm with you in the sense that it was just so much for so little.
0: Um, Which, I mean, it, it kind of makes sense. Yeah, because I mean, I he, didn't had no, to... he had no real information about it. Right. But at the same time, I would have liked a little more from it than just them showing up at the casino and he out. beats up the old man for whatever reason and then they start shooting.
1: Absolutely. No, <laughs> I I mean, there, there just could have been a, better, been a better way to stage something like that. Mm-hmm. Even if it was low-key and uh, small-scale, which obviously that casino and these kind of crooks it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then that's what I mean by maybe we could have had a little more comedy instead of a little less uh, like, oh, how are we going to do this? Ice? Well, I think...
0: I know you really uh, appreciated the... Uh, the Clarence Williams, the third character, uh, lighting up his cigarette and then uh, Rudy shooting the couple squirts of alcohol out yes. of his gun and then he just
1: bursts in I the I don't want to be Neil deGrasse Tyson, mostly because I don't want to be accused of sexual assault, but um, I got to admit that uh, that was uh, that was pretty delightful. Yeah. Um, I I was wondering why they were going with this stupid running gag of this rum gun, you know, because, like, the first time he squirted it, I was like, okay, but then, like, he kept it and whatever, and and so it did have a payoff, but, (laughs) boy... (laughs) Was that? Uh, I mean, I can't even. Like, I would have just like in real life. That would have just put out his fire, <laughs> not not made it bigger. So, but that was that was delightful. Forget about not making
0: it bigger. Like seriously, he is completely oh, yeah. engulfed in flames yeah. after two. It's squirts. like fucking hereditary.
1: It's <laughs> it's uh, it's creepy to say the least. Yeah, he looks like Ewan McGregor's
0: character at the end of Angels and Demons, <laughs> where he's just decided it's I'm I'm been caught. I. Must die now. Yeah. Let me pour all of this all over my body and light myself up. Nope. Same th- same effect. Just buy two squirts of rum at a oh, lighter...
1: Yeah. Oh, boy. That yeah. was amazing. that, that was. I that will
0: No, they really had no way to end all of those characters. No, so, yeah. I
1: feel like they painted themselves in a corner. I don't know if it was a script specifically or if it was a process in the editing bay, but... With showing the deaths of the Santas beforehand, feel like they're like, okay, we need to make sure all these moments are, like, you know, moments or something. And
0: perfectly yeah, reasonable. Which, yeah, which, like,
1: if if you've got the budget and you've got the creativity, like, go for it, but...
0: And the one where uh, the guy gets shot by the people who are in the count yeah. room, I mean, that one makes sense. Yeah. If uh, anything,
1: I wish they were slightly all like that. Like, yeah. Like, if it, because then it's got this kind of mundane, macabre... Uh, setting of, like, oh girl, what happened here? Like, not like what happened here in, like, a mystery format, but just how did this all transpire in, in you know, like a minute or two flat type mm-hmm. thing, so. Yeah. yeah. Um, I do have some thoughts about the Nick Cassidy reveal at the okay. which is that I like the twist in and of itself, but I actually thought the reveal was really dumb, and here's why. I, the, uh, let's say, with, with, Ben Affleck and Troy Seron doing their final confrontation. Well, and uh, uh, Gary Sinise, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, with that whole thing going south, and then um, what you call it? Uh,
0: Nick Cassidy Cassidy's showing up. Whoever
1: plays him. Yeah. So for him to whistle, because, you know, we heard him whistling in the yard, and then, like, for the camera to linger on his feet before you, you know, Get to confirm that it's him, you know. That's a lot of buildup for something that is kind of uh, spectacularly out of proportion with the rest of the movie. Like it's such a huge swing for the fence for a pretty, I would say, average twist. Like, mm-hmm. like it's it's yes, in the sense that you know you forget about it because he's in the first five minutes and then you don't really think of him more. But. Like That's kind of what these movies do, so the idea that he would still be alive would not be, as a viewer, like the craziest thing that this movie could do, yeah. and I kind of wish that this movie would have actually introduced him in the third act in a more subtle way, like if maybe when they went to do the heist, maybe after everything goes to shit, uh, Nick's just there in the casino like gambling and waiting for this all to happen or something like that where it would have been just like a double take of like what the fuck and then like they can't actually answer that question until all the shit goes out or something like that but for him to be this kind of machiavellian uh mustache twirly uh you know villain uh it was just a little but i mean it it's not that it doesn't fit with the tone, it's just uh that was one time where I'm like, I don't know that I needed it to be that outlandish. I could have gone with I could have been okay with something a little more uh grounded. But yeah. But I, I like the twist itself.
0: Yeah, I think the uh I think the twist in this film actually is, is quite good for me. Um I, I like the idea of him faking his death for the most part and paying off the guards to, you know, tell Rudy that he died and everything. Uh, it all seems, at least to me, somewhat plausible, at least in an action film like this. Uh, and at the same time, I do like the way that he just kind of shows up at the end, too. Very fantastical, at least uh, from my view.
1: Now, did he say really quickly that he got out that morning? Yeah. So why was he got out? Like, did he
0: just get, like... He said he was in the hospital. As so, he, okay, so he got
1: yeah. released, released. Mm-hmm. I got you. I didn't hear about it, so I was curious. So. Yeah.
0: Anyway. And two, he does mention his ex-girlfriend, Millie Bobek multiple times yes. early on, and that's the reason why he went to jail, because he was trying to defend her, and he killed somebody, and blah, 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 blah. So, I mean, it all kind of makes sense. Yeah. Especially for someone like me, who's seen it multiple times, and I've heard this same song and dance in the opening 10 minutes over and over. Yeah. Um. So... I I do like the the reveal at the end, uh, and I do like that they casted a lesser known actor in that role. You know, if they would have cast somebody bigger like Val Kilmer or something yeah, like yeah, that, yeah. You would have been like, "They're coming back."
1: Yeah, this is a sure.
0: Hitchcock film. Yeah. Um. So that that was a that was a good move and also a good reveal in the end, and it it did make the Charlize Theron reveal, uh, really would have kind of not really made sense i don't think if nick cassidy didn't come back like if she was revealed to be with gabriel and they were together all on it would kind of just feel
1: like she's smart enough to outplay people but she's not smart enough to not be with gabriel like yeah yeah. like
0: that's who she's with i mean it would be it would feel like there's got to be a shoe on the other foot somewhere um, so it, it all just kind of made sense. And at the same time, it kind of took the stink off of anything. Because even though if you thought about the characters a little more, you would immediately think of, wait, wait a minute, what? she's been playing everybody the whole time and whatever. Yeah. But at the end of the day, um, it does kind of mask the possibility of trying to figure out if there's anything else going on. And actually the first time I watched this film, and I, I was only 13 or 14 at the time. <clears throat> I kind of took everything at face value as it was coming, so the reveals, I was like, oh, which actually is kind of fucked up, because the first time I watched this, I was like, wait a minute, so they're brother and sister, and they're fucking? Is that cool? Is everyone cool with that?
1: Yeah, we're cool with that. (laughs) Because they do have that line where they're just like,
0: like, come come here, come to me, sister. If only mommy and daddy could see us now. I'm like, ugh. It's
1: like uh, Tommy Boy. (laughs) No, but, like, seriously, like, the first time I watched that, when I was 13, and mm-hmm. you have no idea, I mean, uh, like it, when you're 13, at least, you have no idea that, that they are not, not uh, mother and son right? Uh, with Rob Lowe and Bo Derek. So when, especially because, much like this movie, the, the way they reveal that is to just have them go straight to making out, mm-hmm. oh, bad mommy. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it when you call me that.
0: Yeah, and it's just like,
1: oh. Yeah. Okay. But Gary Sinise does not get electrocuted by pissing on a fence, so. That's true. Just saying.
0: He also doesn't shoot gasoline at a mud filled. No. (laughs) That movie's so terrible, but also so wonderful.
1: It is. Mm -hmm. Both of those things.
0: Just lands right there. Absolutely. And it also has Brian Dennehy, so, yeah, that's a winner. Yeah. Anything else you want to chat about before we go to ratings?
1: Uh, climate change? Maybe. Uh, Oh, you meant about the film.
0: Well, I mean, in reality, there is a desperate plea for climate change from Dennis Farina as he's brought them the commercials. Yep. He's brought them the Las Vegas look. Yep. But go out there and do your Indian dance and get rid of this fucking snow. The fuck? Yeah. What? Well, I like then too the uh the people who I assume are the actual owners of the casino are just walking out as he's trying to follow them. It's like
1: what? Yeah, I was gonna say even from a movie from two thousand it felt fairly even if it's not great, but to have some reaction shots from some of the uh pit bosses and dealers who are just kinda like, oh fucking white man. Uh, I, I gotta I gotta chuckle out of that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh no, there's nothing in particular that no. I have left to uh okay. to uh spar about. <laughs>
0: well, I will let you uh go first then. Thank you. Mm-hmm.
1: I yeah, it, it was a fun movie. I would definitely watch it again. Probably only at Christmas time because <laughs> I don't know that for me it has any intrinsic value outside of its novelty of being a so-so, you know, thriller that's happens to have a fun christmas uh spirit about it. Mm-hmm. Uh but having said that, you know, uh, some of these performances are good, one in particular is not great and um the main one? Yeah. And <laughs> um so, you know, I, I kind of feel like it's it's weird. I I'm not going to give it a good rating and yet I liked it more than I thought I would considering it's definitely a very uh under uh, not undervalued because just it's definitely not, like, Tyman, uh has not been kind to it, because no. no one really ever talks about it, and I kind under- of understand mm-hmm. why. But I would give it two and a half out of five. I pretty okay. much thought it was just right down the middle. Yeah,
0: uh, I will give this a three out of five, uh, which is the same rating I gave our last film on Her Majesty's Secret Service, which is a better film, um, but I had more fun with this. And I do enjoy a lot of the performances here, and I do think that there are some wonderful line deliveries uh, pretty much from the beginning to the end of this film and I think that this would not be the same if this was just a straight heist film even if it starts somebody different like and this was just a drama serious film uh, this is just a late 90s ridiculous uh, action thriller heist film that I think knows exactly what it is Uh, and it's kind of in on being this ridiculous farce almost uh, that goes from point A to point Z and twists and turns and then we get to the end and it's where Ben Affleck wanted to be all on and that weird thing where he said he doesn't want to be home for Christmas but he does and that weird music comes on and he's smiling at the table and there's this weird light Orange filter on the camera, and,
1: yeah, and uh, I he hasn't know. taken off the Santa suit, <laughs> even though I'm pretty sure there's got to be blood on there somewhere.
0: I was gonna say they're out looking for that fifth Santa Claus. And yeah, he's and he's just, he's just gonna be <laughs>
1: wearing it for like six months while he eats the leftovers. <laughs> yeah,
0: he does hit that home multiple times. Yes, that he really does want to eat leftovers for six months, and also he wants to give all the money away to people who. No doubt I've heard about this large heist that has money unrecovered, and all of a sudden there's just wads of $100 bills in their mailboxes.
1: Well, you know what happens in that scenario, right? It's whoever's the first one to check their mailbox will just kind of look around and then randomly start (laughs) Start looking at the other mailbox. (laughs) And then it'll just be one asshole who has all that money.
0: Yeah, it'll be the fucker who reports it then. Yeah. Somebody tried to give us all this money, and it wasn't Santa Claus. Yeah. It actually was Santa!
1: Or if they didn't like one of their neighbors, you know, because they always like don't cut their grass, and he just takes one of those wads and puts them back in the mailbox, and then just calls the cops and says, I think it was Dale over there.
0: And I think he committed a felony by not being a postman. Yes. And putting an envelope in that box. Right. but The envelope is stolen money. So yeah, I uh, I agree with you that Ben Affleck's performance is uh, not great, but I don't think Ben Affleck's a very good actor, so I think that fits right along with his usual profile. And I enjoyed almost every other performance in this film, specifically Gary Sinise and Dennis Farina, who are wonderful, over-the-top performers who are really at the top of their game here in terms of uh, no fucks given. Uh, in terms of what they were told to do and what they were paid to do. And they're like, okay, I can do that. So I thought it was uh, wonderful at times, not so great at other times, but still a fun little Christmas heist film that I always enjoy to watch every now and then. So if anybody out there has any other thoughts on Reindeer Games, always feel free to send them on to us at FilmTankShow at gmail.com. Closing out the uh, Christmas season, we're going to get together and chat about another holiday classic, which is the film that surrounds Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sinbad, and that is Jingle All the Way, which is a classic. I mean, let's just call it what it is. Yeah, no,
1: I'm, I'm agreeing.
0: <laughs> I mean, at the same time, you have all kinds of awesome performances from... Smaller characters. There's A lot of people in there. Phil Hartman.
1: Phil Hartman.
0: Unfortunately, Jim Belushi shows up.
1: Yes, yeah, I was about to say
0: as Santa at C- one point. Chris
1: Parnell, I believe, is randomly <laughs> one of the. He's the one who laughs at him. I think in the store.
0: Okay, yeah, that sounds. But he's right. like,
1: hey, this guy wants a turbo bandana. Ah. Uh,
0: Martin. Martin. Bol? yeah. What is he? He is the disc jockey who he oh thinks yes. he's won the thing yes, and he goes yes. shows up and it's just a gift certificate to get after <laughs> Christmas.
1: So, I yeah. forgot about that.
0: Yeah, that's an interesting performance. <laughs> um, and then there's somebody else. I'm for- Oh, yes, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's kid is played by Jake Lloyd, who uh, was uh, uh, Anakin Skywalker in the Phantom Menace.
1: Now this is bad racing.
0: Who retired from acting because he was getting made fun of for how horrible he was? He Anakin
1: didn't deserve Skywalker. that. I'm just saying. To be an
0: actor, or to no <laughs> to be a kid. Fun
1: I'm sorry, but. <laughs>
0: Yeah. I mean I hate
1: Star Wars, but I don't literally. But I'm just saying I'm not the biggest fan, and even I just think about that, and I'm just like, you know what? He was a fucking seven year old. Yeah. Anyway. That's pretty much what I'm thinking too. Yeah. And also, I, his movie is better than the second movie.
0: That is true. In my opinion. And that's an adult playing yes. the second film. <laughs> yes. I don't like sand, it's so coarse and Ugh. I dream about you at night. Dude, you need to back the fuck
1: off. No, he doesn't.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I guess not. He just needs to go and get his lightsaber to get rid of those worms that are around Natalie Portman. That's weird. Then he has to go massacre a whole race of. uh,
1: Children?
0: No, that's in the third one. He uh, offs a whole race of uh, Tuscan Raiders in uh, the second prequel.
1: Oh, under the Tuscan sun.
0: So, we're not talking about any of the amazing Star Wars prequels on the next episode, but we will be hitting on...
1: Under the Tusk. ...Jingle
0: all the way, uh, and probably talking quite a bit about how amazing Phil Hartman was in it. Mmm, it's cookie! Put the cookie down!
1: Oh, boy.
0: All right, that's gonna be coming up on episode 178 of Film Tank. From Nick Cheney, I am Alex Diekman. Again, I hope you've enjoyed the holidays, as undoubtedly this episode will be coming out after the season is over. But at the same time, um, staying in the spirit here. And uh,
1: happy St. Patrick's Day.
0: (laughs) I'll be catching up with you next time on Film Tank.